Green, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Meredith Greer, who is the chair of the math department at Bates College, and we're talking about roller coasters and, and the math that's involved with roller coasters. So, Meredith, can you tell us what math is used in designing or, or making roller coasters? Sure. There's a whole lot of calculus involved, and one thing that is a lot of fun is we use calculus, but especially parametric equations. So we can break things up into at least the X, Y, and Z directions all dependent on time as one way of looking at how a rider is moving through a roller coaster ride uh, and how they relate to the track and how the forces are affecting their body in the multiple directions. So forward and backward, side to side, up and down. We can split up forces into those different components and really understand what's safe for a rider and what's not. That's the biggest thing I would say, but of course when you're looking at a system with X, Y, and Z, um, you might use additional math, of course, to understand it. So maybe elements of splines to connect pieces together and under make sure that both position and then also velocity acceleration, maybe more derivatives match up. Uh, linear algebra comes in there to make it all work out. If you write down equations that work for some piece of track to represent the motion of the rider, you might use numerical analysis to work through and understand the position, velocity, acceleration, the forces on the rider all the way through the ride. Are students surprised when they find out that the math can be used for such a fun thing? I would say so, and it's a very pleasant surprise. <laughs> um, early on as a math professor, I thought, why are there no field trips in math or not enough field trips in math? And I also really liked roller coasters. And so talking with a few other mathematicians with similar mindset, we sort of first came up with this as just a fun idea, but it turned out that it was a great way to show applications of math that were very different than what most of our students, at least at Bates, were seeing in the classroom. And they were pretty excited about it. So it's been a really fun course the few times I've been able to teach it. Oh, so it's a whole course. You, you don't just bring it up like for a couple of days in calculus. That's right. So I've mentioned it in other classes, but I teach a course. We have a five-week, very short term at the end of the year, April, May, and that usually overlaps the beginning of roller coaster season. So we do a field trip. We ride the rides. We talk about the forces on the riders. We look at particular rides and discuss how they may seem sort of terrifying to ride and they may almost look unsafe, but we understand at that point how the designers really look at, well, again, the forces, the G-forces, what, how much a rider can safely manage, and then by adjusting things like angles and curvature and velocity to be within safe boundaries, they can create a ride that's very thrilling but also very safe. And, and now you've mentioned forces a couple times. When we think about G-forces, we think about test pilots and people like that, but it's a significant thing with roller coasters too. It absolutely is. So typically a person riding a roller coaster is assumed to be able to handle between zero and five Gs. So that's uh, multiples of G-force. Negative Gs are a thing that we could impose on people, but it's thought that any negative Gs are potentially dangerous. And more than five Gs is thought also to be dangerous. So things like velocity acceleration especially is fine-tuned really carefully that people don't go outside those boundaries. And while it might be the case that some people could handle that, designers have to consider that not everybody riding the roller coaster might be in tip-top shape. They have warnings on roller coasters that say, do not ride if, and then there's a long list of things, if you have back trouble, if you have heart trouble, if you're pregnant, dot, 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 write the whole list. But some people might ride anyway. They might not realize they have those problems. They might know that they have them and they choose to ride anyway. And the people designing the rides want those people actually to be safe too. So they're within pretty strict boundaries of what they're willing to, I would say, risk on the ride, not really risk. They set the G-force boundaries so that they're really not risking people that way. 
Now, and you also mentioned field trip. Uh, so is, is this with a class you went and visited various roller coasters? Yes. So my class is taught at a time of the year that students only take one course. And so they're just taking my class. I'm not pulling them from other classes. So we actually leave campus for a week. And we go to Cedar Point in Ohio, which has lots of roller coasters. Each year we've gone, they've had either 16 or 17 roller coasters in different years. And some historical, some very new, but such a diversity of rides that we can really see the different concepts from class played out on different roller coasters in the park. Do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? (laughs) I do. I think that my favorite is the Millennium Force at Cedar Point, which is very, very fast, very smooth, and they do things like banking the curves so that even though the train is twisting right and left, your body always stays upright relative to where the train is, so you don't feel yourself thrown back and forth. And what's really exciting is that as rides have gotten really fast, designers have to do that. So on older rides, you can feel your body being thrown around, but you're not traveling very fast, and you can handle it from a physical safety point of view. But as the rides get really fast, if your body were also being thrown around, it would get very unsafe. So that's part of what they have to look at to achieve those speeds. And I think that that really wouldn't have been possible before the computing power that's been around in the last few decades. People couldn't have analyze the rides as thoroughly as they can now, and they couldn't have achieved those kinds of speeds and also had the safety that they need. So, Meredith, is there anything you'd like to add? There's a lot of great stuff about roller coasters. There are lots of resources to look things up. I would, I certainly advocate including them as an example in some classes. I think it can show up in a lot of places. And I guess the one other thing I'll add is that when I designed the course, I worked with a couple of students, and one quote from one of them has always stood out for me, which is that this was someone who was a math minor and a physics major and had studied parametric equations in multiple courses before working with me to design the class. And after the summer that we spent together designing this said, oh, now I know what parametric equations are all about. And I've studied them several times before, and now I really understand what they're doing. So I thought that that was a really nice comment in favor of the content for the course. Yeah, that's great. That's Meredith Greer, who is the chair at Bates College. And Meredith, thanks very much for filling us in on roller coasters. Sure, it's my pleasure.